With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., doing good. Had a fantastic day. It was our fantasy draft for fantasy football. The sixth year in a row that we have done this league. Uh, crazy that it's just flying by so is my summer as I head back to school on Friday and uh, yeah the time is certainly coming up quick here absolutely speaking of time Brandon do you ever wonder what time it is I do as you should you know I had a friend once that had actually this year the number one pick in his fantasy football draft and who do you think he took Christian McCaffrey. You know, he said he wanted to go Christian McCaffrey, but he ended up taking Travis Etienne, who will be out <laughs> for the entire season because his league mates had to pick for him because he didn't show up to the draft on time. If only he'd had a watch from La Terrain to keep him on schedule and get that top running back for his squad. You can get yourself a La Terrain watch for 10% off using code MLB daily at checkout. I know the compass has been calling my name. Brandon, anything catch your eye? Yeah, you know, I'm, I, I think I'm just going to stick with, with the compass after doing some research. I mean, it's such a sleek looking watch. Uh, really goes with a lot of outfits there. 
Uh, And look, in terms of these watches, you're not going to get better prices for watches that look like this compared to other websites. I mean, these look like and are very high quality watches and the prices that that you're you're getting them at especially with our uh, discount code mlb daily is far exceeding what you can get on uh other watch sites that's for sure absolutely and i mean uh, for starters i mean they have everything from um, of course the compass is quite intricate and one of the things i like about it is it's so fascinating it's also got a color scheme that kind of will go goes really well with a dressy outfit a suit and tie but you could also just wear it around and wouldn't be a question but they also have some more simple stylistic stuff like the legacy 2 which has been really good i think that's a fantastic one and that's not even talking about their bags their extra bands and straps you can buy their bracelets there is a lot to offer at la terrain sunglasses Sunglasses, yep. So go ahead and check them out. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com and use promo code all caps MLB daily to save 10% on your order. Well, all right. Uh, let's get into the show as we just watched the Yankees and the Braves uh, with one hell of a game. Of course, they entered yesterday, uh, both with nine-game winning streaks. The Yankees got the better of them to improve to 10 games in a row that they had won, and they faced off again tonight. Uh, The game ends up coming down to the wire. The Yankees end up pulling it out. Aroldis Chapman gets pulled in the ninth inning after nearly blowing the game wide open for Atlanta, but... Yankees bring in Wandy Peralta to face Freddie Freeman with the bases loaded and two outs in the ninth. He gets him to fly out. The Yankees win five to four. They've won 11 games in a row for the first time since 1985. Uh, yeah, the best winning streak in my lifetime uh, that I've been able to see as a Yankees fan, which is uh, really, really cool. I mean, especially with all the ups and downs they've had this year to have to be a part of the best winning streak since 1985 that this team has gone on is really special, especially just being able to come on here every day, talk about the games. You know, it's, it's awesome. How many games was it? You said 11 in a row. Okay. Interesting. You know, should that be shocking to me? Because it's really hard to win. Like, 10 no, I know, but, like, but you think about it though, the Yankees haven't like gone below 500 in a season in your lifetime. So like, no. you think you'd think over that stretch of being so successful for that long, the odds have to be in your favor for getting to that record. That's that's surprising to me. But look, this team's played great, but I'll tell you what a wild inning for any baseball fan highly entertaining to particularly to listen to also to listen to brandon react to it was certainly an interesting in the car yeah yeah i drove him home um oh gosh maybe 25 30 minutes ago and we were listening to it on the ride over oh my gosh brandon would you like to take us take me through how you were feeling throughout that entire ninth inning well (laughs) 
the fact that we get John Sterling and Susan Waldman on the call just makes it even better because it's like two people who are not even at the game and like pretty, pretty uh, disconnected from the atmosphere of the game. And they're calling it from their Yankee Stadium studio, just watching it off of a monitor. And they're coming, they're bringing this through all the drama that's going on. Chapman losing his mind, throwing wild pitches. And LJ, I mean, this was, it just seemed like we were going to have another one of those games that haunted us a month and a half ago. It seemed like we couldn't go three days without having, uh, a tremendous loss of some sort, uh, just some crazy late inning collapse. But oh, this game one hundred percent gave me shades of that game against Boston. Which one? The one with the wild four wild pitches. You know, yeah, I was, I was, I was there, LJ. Uh, I was there. Yeah. Um, look, I I have to ask, and but when I say this. I mean it with no disrespect for the amount of time they've spent covering this game, the amount of quality, great, great games that they've called and how well they've called them. How long do you think those two have left? Uh, I would hope Sterling's out of there by hopefully after next year. Because I'm sorry, again. The quality of broadcast is certainly not where it was near even five years ago with, with Sterling. No, and I don't mean to pick on one person or the other, but particularly it feels like Susan's lost a, lost a step. I mean, they've, they've both been at it for so long. It's, it's understandable. But oh, I yeah. Think, I mean, realistically, you know, especially with like, we're not going to see people in these jobs for as long as they are right now in the future. Not only do most organizations and companies not want to pay somebody for that many years of service as they continue to get uh, salary increases, but the millennial and Gen Z attention span is not long enough to be able to actually withstand holding the same job for too long. I mean, I think I'm I'm pretty sure that's been a um, common thing that people have noticed is that people that are young, the younger people these days aren't, getting a job and staying there and building with it, they're much more likely to hop jobs every couple of years and do and do multiple completely different things in their life. So we're not going to see a lot of people that are in the same, in the same job covering the same team for 25, 30, 40 years, like we have in the past with MLB radio announcers. So it truly is special, but at some time, at some point you have to call it. Yeah, and, you know, that's the thing, especially in baseball. I mean, it seems like in sports, if you have the job as, like, the uh, play-by-play man or something of that nature, unless you're really bad, like, it's hard to get fired, right? I mean, unless you're a Tom Brenneman and, you know, pull the whole thing he did with Nick Castellanos, uh, you know, (laughs) just so happens to hit a home run during that, of course, but... Yeah, you know, especially when you look at someone like Vin Scully, who was just doing it forever with with the Dodgers. Sure, those last few years were a bit rough, but you're also not going to rush the guy out of there. I mean, when they no, you can't, and you should. You know, and and like when when uh, they have given so much to your organization, like John Sterling, I'm pretty sure, up until it was 2019, 
hadn't missed a Yankee game in like 20 something years. Was it 2019 or was it 2020? No, it was 2020 because they brought the uh, Spanish guy over. That's right. Yep. Uh, It was absolutely adored saying Anthony Santander. Santander. Um, I actually think that guy should be the Yankees uh, radio guy once they retire. He was a lot of fun. And, you know, you could tell he took cues from John, but didn't want to be John. And, so, and, that's the, and that's the thing, especially when Joe Davis took over the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers job. Look, I mean, he took over that job. And that was also, I believe he's the number two guy for MLB on Fox. He's on the number two crew. Still a very recognizable commentator in Joe Davis. Takes over for, for Vin Scully. And that's important that, you know, you're not trying to be those people. Just be yourself, especially when you're doing some kind of commentary like that. That's how you get an audience. That's how the people who got so popular in the first place and did it for so long for your team got to that point. They're just being themselves, calling the game as they see it. You know, imitation is certainly not something that you would like to see in the world of of sports. No, you don't want to see imitation. However, I'll tell you, the more I think about it, the more I agree with you with that if you're going to hire the next play-by-play or even color person for the Yankees radio, you've got to hire from within. Because as much as you don't want imitation, you most of the time, like with the guy from the Spanish broadcast, he's been there quite a while. He mm-hmm. knows what's up with the team. And more importantly, he has watched John work for years. And so as much as it's, he's certainly not imitating him, he's going to take, he probably took early career, a lot of his cues from John and kind of learned some of the things, some of the tricks has probably talked to him a lot. And so what you end up with, you end up with a fresh voice, a fresh personality, but at the same time, it's also the same feel. It's the same vibe to the thing because it's overall, it's like, it's like when you bring a quarterback up that's been the backup for a couple of years. He knows the system. It feels right in him. He's a product. His skill set is a product of what was built before him. So, yeah, I think that's definitely the way you go. The other thing with them is something that, of course, I mean, I feel like this is unique to baseball in part, but again, we haven't, I feel like we haven't had any of the great announcers really get old yet of just general sports, um, you know, the Al Michaels type. Like, I feel like this, the 70s and 80s really were a big refresh for some of those guy, those personalities. So there's not a ton of old, old ones. But particularly with baseball radio, the people have become such a kind of folk legend that there's no real way for you to take them off a but also i think their status increases the level of quality just them being there just their voice like if you put somebody of the exact same quality into that yankees broadcast that wasn't john and susan you would have a significantly worse quality of watch of listening like you'd think of it worse if it wasn't those two and it was the same thing as being said no, oh no, I agree. I agree. And uh I think that that's how a lot of people feel about 
their broadcast crews too. It's like you like those certain people just because sometimes it's just like the way that their voice sounds or the way that they are actually saying those certain words. That's why you do like them so much. But I agree. And look, they're 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 both legends. I'm excited that uh excited that I've been able to live with them my whole life. And um yeah, I excited to see where they end up because they probably don't have very many seasons left. Uh, that's for sure. All right. Well, LJ, the Baltimore Orioles streak has also continued as they drop their 19th game in a row today to the Angels. Uh, the Angels score 13 runs in the first four innings. Uh, they have 19 hits total on the night. Well, Jay, what else is there to say about Baltimore? Um, they're getting exactly what they wished for, and I feel so bad for the fans. You know, as much as this is a business, I find it very hard to believe if you do this business right, you're not going to be able to still make money and, and please the fans. Like, teams do it. Granted, it's much bigger markets, but there are plenty of small markets in sports. I'm, I'm drawing a blank now, but like there are a lot of ones, even, all right, let's go with the Miami heat. Granted, they've got a lot of big reasons for being able to do it, but they're not, Miami is not a big market by any means. And yet the Miami heat are one of the best known franchises in baseball because, or not baseball, basketball, because they've never cheaped out and they've never, they've always tried to put together the most competitive roster they can. And I think that speaks volumes for the franchise. If you put together a good franchise, I still believe in my heart that you can be a successful financial successful team financially. But of course, then you have the other people who decide, okay, it would be better to be awful for six years and then be good for eight years and build up the fan base in those eight years only to watch them all peter away as you go into a half decade of misery. I just, I can't see how that is the best possible model for the fans. And at the end of the day, fans are the ones that fill the seats. They buy the tickets, they buy the jerseys. They are the ones that are your primary source of income. So if you're not able to please them, I can't, I can't see your financial system situation getting that much better. I think my favorite thing from this whole game is that Junior Guerra ends up getting the win uh, for the Angels. Here's his stat line, LJ. So Dylan Bundy only made it an inning and a third, uh, allowing one hit, which was a home run. And then I believe he got injured. Former, That's why they took Former Baltimore Orioles top of the rotation guy, mind you. Right. Throws 46 pitches, okay, allows one run. They bring in Junior Guerra who brings in or who throws 52 pitches. He goes two and two thirds, allowing seven hits, four runs, and still gets the win. Who started for Baltimore? That would be what's Spencer Watkins. They went Spencer Watkins to Connor Wade to... Francisco uh, or to Fernando Abad to 
Marcos Diplon to Paul Fry. Can't say I've ever heard of any of those players other than Fernando Abad because he used to pitch on the Red Sox, I think. Paul Fry. He's been in Baltimore for years. Oh, yeah. Paul. Oh, okay. Yeah. Paul Fry. Fernando Abad has been pitching in the MLB since 2010. Yeah. So that's why I know him. Yeah. Look, it, it's just not a good situation. But speaking of not good situations, let's go over to this Dodgers game. The Dodgers are playing the Padres right now, and I'm really starting to get upset, or at least upset for San Diego fans, because I genuinely don't care about this game. Like, the excitement for a San Diego-LA series is completely gone now, because the Dodgers, or the Padres have been so rough this last half of the season. And it's just, it's a shame to watch all of that media attention all of that hype that's even just built in your own mind, not not created by the media, to watch just go up in smoke so quickly. Speaking of the media, I just want to make a point really quick here. So as you mentioned, Dodgers Padres, I just uh, flipped it on my TV. But prior to that, I had on the Yankees postgame show here in the background. So Wandy Peralta, like I said, came in to face one batter, right, at the end of the game. Some reporter just asked him a question that was probably 45 seconds long. And I want to know what he could possibly be asking him when the guy faced one hitter. (laughs) Like it's literally, there's one question you could ask him and it's what was your approach slash what were you feeling at this certain point? (laughs) Like, I'm glad you, I glad you said that because I wanted to go back to that game for a second at some point, but you know, you're right. Like, Again, let's also not kid ourselves. When you're in that bullpen, especially when you're in that bullpen and you don't play every single day because relievers don't, I, I find it very hard to think that I would be able to keep my focus every game of the season, especially the games I wasn't going to get in or knew I wasn't going to get in. So for the most of that time, I would not put it, I would not put anything against these bullpen guys for not paying that much attention to the game. They for probably some, don't have a very good idea of what happens in the games. Honestly, no, they have a terrible view of the game. And for some of these guys, I'm sure that's actually the right way to go. Yeah. Like if you, if you think about it, I think for my head, sometimes in pressure situations, I'd rather not know what the hell was going on than I would know exactly what I'm getting into. So sometimes just being thrown right into the fire is the way to go for these guys. So my point being, you can't expect this guy to be able to answer any deep questions about the rest of the game because odds are he wasn't paying that much attention to what was going on. No, like I'm sure he be, he went on high alert when he realized like, oh, I can come in the game, but he knows he's only coming in for a lefty. And it's like, okay, this is this this is what this guy's done for his entire career is be a lefty specialist. Like it's, you know, there's not really a lot, but LJ, on on the uh, Dodgers Padres point. Okay, can we can we stay here for a minute? Because I did want to I did want to talk about this. We didn't really give much of a Braves flip here, but first off, very poised inning from them. I mean, it's not always easy to handle it so well when there's guys with control issues like that. 
Albies, of course, with that infield single was fantastic as well. But the the at-bat that really I found amazing, and again, part of the reason I love this player, uh, me listening to Freddie Freeman's at-bat on the way home. I was able to watch it, LJ. You're... So intense. Yeah. And, you know, I love when a guy, especially a leader, is able to just keep battling and keep battling and fouling off pitches. I cannot be mad at him for the result of not winning the game or tying the game. When you put together an at-bat like that, that was a fantastic at-bat. It by was. I was able to actually watch. I'm not sure if you're able to watch it. On, I have not. Okay, so watching it on TV, Peralta threw him like four change-ups in a row at one point. And it was like, oh, my God, he is just – he's he was just early on all these pitches. He probably ripped like – I'd have to say at least – two of them were over 90 miles an hour exit velocity foul balls just like down the first baseline and i'm like if he straightens this out like they're actually gonna win the game because wandy is just throwing this guy high change-ups that are 88 miles an hour and i'm like this is just this is not good and then he gets him to fly out to joey gallo to end the game but talk about an intense at bat there was on the three and one pitch, he threw him another changeup and Freeman just missed it. Like he just got under the ball to tip it and it hit a Gary in like the chest. It hit, it hit his chest protector after he fouled it off. And it was, that was one of the ones where as a hitter, you know, like, oh my God, that, that was the pitch. Like that was the one we should have taken. Cause you see it on Freddie's face. He like steps out of the box and you can just see, it. he's like, Oh, like that. I wish I had that one on the three. one pitch. Rafi Devers is usually screaming at himself in the batter's box after one. Crazy how like they foul off a pitch and are mad when it's like, if anyone else was in that situation, most players, or most most people, even like minor league players, they would just be happy that they made contact. <laughs> Let alone, oh, it's bad contact, it's foul. It's like no, like you get another chance. But no, I get it. Uh, it's it, it it was really an amazing at bat when you bring in all the circumstances. Not to mention when you add in the whole playoff factor that oh yeah, the Braves are fighting for their season right now not as much as the Yankees are but still both teams very much so fighting for their season here uh just overall made it so much more intense and those are the at-bats that you love to see I mean that's that's if you could could show someone a sequence who's never seen a baseball game that is probably an at bat that I would think about showing them from like yesterday or today. Like that's, that's something I would show someone who's never seen baseball before. That's the, that's, that was the caliber of that bat that only an MVP can do. Only somebody that that's that good. It's just, yeah. I mean, again, you put together everything, the pressure, the count, the situation overall, a guy going up against a guy with great stuff, but also not the best command either coming out of that bullpen, not, not as bad as uh, Chapman was, but not great either. That can be such a challenge 
because anytime you go in against a guy who can't throw strikes, all of a sudden you have to th- really th- stop and think about, should I be taking this pitch? Not timing yourself up. And that can be so much harder to do. Now, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I think you always adapt to each pitch. But if I'm Freddie Freeman, I'm pretty content to keep fouling off those change-ups because I have to know, all right, he's going to go, he's not going to stick off speed for the rest of this at-bat. If I can keep just putting the ball out there, he's eventually going to give me something that I can line right up on with this timing I'm at. So, Which is what he did with the last pitch. Yeah. He hit it very, very well. It's like hard hit ball to the opposite field. Joey Gallo really had to run it down. I mean, what, I thought it was in the gap. What was it? It was like a line drive that oh, got no, the pitch. Hit. Oh, the last pitch. Actually, let me check. That's a good question. Because I'm willing to bet it was a fastball. So, yeah, I, I believe they classify it as a sinker if that's what it was. Um, I'm going to look right now because they were saying that on the Yes broadcast, it showed he has a sinker and a changeup. All right, so that last pitch was 90 miles an hour, which shows it was more than likely a changeup. Okay. So either way, he eventually lined up for it. Either way, great hitting. Oh, yeah. Uh, right here, I can get it. So here's the pitch sequence, because I know I love we, we love this. Sinker for a ball, change up for a foul ball, so it's one and one. Sinker for a ball, sinker for a ball, it's three and one. Change up foul, change up foul, change up foul, change up foul, change up, in play out. <laughs> That's it. Look. Also, at this point, I feel relatively comfortable saying it. If you were to give a second half MVP, you'd have to give it to either Freddie or Joey, right? Joey Hotto? Yes, Joey Hotto. Probably, right? I mean, I think it's Freddie. And honestly, if somebody wanted to put Freddie Freeman on their MVP ballot, I know the statistics aren't 100% there, but. I respect the hell out of you for it. I would consider it at this point because he has once again, you know, you know, he has the leadership ability, you know, he has the overall baseball capability, but he's really stepped up in the absence of Ronald Acuna. You know, LJ, I've got a really underrated one. So first guy would be Juan Soto because he has a 214 way to runs created plus in the second half, which is best by a lot it's the best by like 15 points which is which is joey Votto's next i got one how about starling Marte, lj have you seen what his war is in the second half no he has more war than any player according to fan graphs really? uh, in the second half yep 2.4 war he's hitting well that explains it he's hitting 388 in 152 plate appearances in the second half uh, with a weighted runs created plus of 172. So what a deal for him. He stole 22 bases in the second half of the year. Oh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't realize that. He has to be leading the league in stolen bases now, right? Uh, uh yes, he has 39. Holy crap. 39, geez. 
he came out lj i mean it's for the came out of nowhere he's like literally out of nowhere he has 39 whit merrifield is 37 trey turner has 24 are we gonna have to uh start considering him for bronze base runner uh yeah i mean He's accounted for five base running runs in the second half. The next closest is three and a half. And he's also hit 388 on top of that. He he has a 451 Babbitt. Let's see. I, I mean, now I want to know bolts wise if he even stands up there. If he, he does, has if he to, doesn't. Right? 18. 18th. Wow. Hmm. He's got his uh, sprint speeds 28 and a half for, for the record to make the record show the leader in bolts right now is Trey Turner at 97. So 97. Wow. And, and for reference though, the leader in stolen bases has 18. So we're talking about 80, roughly 80% less bolts in a season and you're leading the league in stolen bases so overall that that's what it really becomes i want to see with base running good base running is players that aren't nearly as fast as others outperforming their speed i agree outperforming speed that's true base running that's reading reading the pitcher that's reading the ball it's everything you can ask for LJ, shall we get back to Dodgers Padres for a minute here? As you were saying, this is probably the one series that they've had this year where the excitement is not there, you know? Mm. After tonight, LJ, the way that this game has been going, I I have a feeling we're going to wake up and – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. It's going to be a different series tomorrow. Both teams are pitching a one-hitter through this fifth inning. Dodgers are up one nothing. I mean, Julio Urias, five innings, one earned, four Ks, no runs. And then I believe for the, for the Padres, it's been just a bullpen game for them. They've used five different pitchers already and uh, have only allowed one run. Look, I mean – yeah, it sucks that the Padres have just completely fallen off a cliff here uh, in the second half, and Adam Frazier is unable to hit, and just as a team, they're not playing well. But 
they're only a game back of the wild card. This is still a crazy important series for them. Hmm. Right? Like, this is still crucial. But you know what? I don't think that's even going to – that's not even enough to get the hype at this point, I think. You know, we've talked about it before, but all the momentum in major sports leagues comes from the mouse. If the mouse wants to give a team his blessing and give them that momentum, give them that media coverage to really excite the fan base, excite the baseball world about the Padres again, they could. But I'm not sure that's the best investment of their time. With that being said, football is not also the only time investment they can make. Just want to make that very clear. Less football content on ESPN is more. Yeah. Uh, and the only issue with that is that the, the NFL uh, makes more money than any of the other leagues uh, from TV deals. So that's not happening, unfortunately. LJ. Bryn. Did you see what's going on with our guy Yachty? Yes, I did. I actually did. I caught it right as I was walking into our draft today. If I'm correct, he just signed a one-year, $10 million extension, correct? That is correct. Uh, so one-year, $10 million. He will be in St. Louis, remaining there for the 2022 season. Uh, look, I mean, what, what else is there to say? This guy is, when you think about St. Louis Cardinals, if he's not the first guy that pops into your head, especially if you're someone who's around LJ or my age, if it's not him or Albert Pujols, one of the first two guys that pops in your head for the Cardinals, I mean, you know, Giovanni Gallegos, (laughs) Genesis Cabrera. No, uh, look, Yachty's a legend, one of the best catchers ever, uh, certainly has a Hall of Fame case. You should go watch Foolish Baseball's newest video that he made on Yachty, breaking down his Hall of Fame case and all the different stats you can use. Basically, War hates this guy. It, it doesn't because War doesn't truly understand the value of some defensive positions. And genuinely probably the best defensive catcher we've ever seen. I mean, when you look at the amount of stolen bases that teams have allowed since he came in the league, it is just not even close where the Cardinals are. Uh, They've allowed like 800 stolen bases since 2004. Most teams have allowed somewhere near 1,500, somewhere like that. So literally half of the stolen bases that most teams have allowed, and that's Due to one man, uh, that would be Yachty, right? Uh, LJ, I believe he caught his 2,000th game with the Cardinals this year. Yes. Uh, that was one of that was very early in the season. Uh, 2,000th career game as a catcher. What else is there to say about this guy, LJ? Other than I, you'd have to imagine the locker room presence that he brings is unparalleled. And of course, you're probably not going to get 10 million dollars worth of value. When you look at it from the war and actual like stats front, but he brings you so much hidden value that 
you can't fault them for wanting to keep him around year after year. I mean, he's a 10-time All-Star, two-time World Series winner, nine-time Gold Glover. It's like this guy has been through it all, and why not keep bringing him back? Exactly, why not? First off, I'm going to address your point about not worn understanding defensive value because it really doesn't, and it's really, really frustrating. At least the baseball reference war doesn't. I think outs above average is a defensive stat that is close to being perfected, especially with stat cast. In terms of like all the baseball reference war stuff for, for a defense, it's literally just based on the amount of total plays that you make at your position. Like there's no other advanced calculations. It's basically how many plays do you make at your position compared to other fielders? So if you're not getting the ball hit to you a lot, you're kind of shit out of luck. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's also not their fault. They were much more progressive on that front than a lot of these newer sites. Like a fair. No, absolutely fair. But I don't think any of them really, I don't think anybody really understands what a true defensive team can do. Look, I will talk about this again on a day where we can get to another uh, piece of this show that we're going to have to skip today. And that's what would you focus on if you were running a baseball team? If I'm, if I'm me, I'm looking at defense as one of the top priorities for my team, more so in my opinion than the off, than necessarily having a bunch of offensive stars because I think anyone can get hot for a season and you can find those guys correctly. But what you can't always teach, or it takes a lot of time to teach, it takes someone who wants to put the effort in to teach, is the ability not to make mistakes. And you look across sports and you find all of the great dynasties have one thing in common. They don't, the teams don't make mistakes. You don't see a ton of mistakes out of the New England Patriots. You haven't in years. You didn't see, what did you actually know? What, what was the one thing or two of the, one of the two things, I'm sorry, that the Warriors dynasty and the Bulls dynasty had in common? Well, the one, the one that doesn't matter is, of course, that they both had um, all-time great on them. But more importantly, they were flawless and beautiful defensive teams. And that's where you can win game, or that's where you can lose games very easily is by making the silly mistakes. And if I can put together a team with high defensive value that, is, that I know is not going to make mistakes, I know I'm not going to lose myself games. I can, only just, I can only not win them. And that goes the same for pitchers in terms of walks. And Yachty brings exactly that. So that, yep. And, you know, I, I think about the butterfly effect, effect in, in baseball because I, I do think it exists. The other night, the Yankees, right, we had – so we still have Andrew Velasquez playing shortstop and Anthony Rizzo at first base, right? Let's say that Glaber Torres is healthy and it's Luke Voigt at first base, okay? To end the game, Velasquez makes a pretty nice backhanded play way deep in the hole. Rizzo makes a really nice scoop. Both have been both have shown incredible displays of their of their defensive ability with the Yankees since they've been on the team, both not very long. 
Now imagine if that was Glaber Torres and Luke Voigt who were trying to complete that play to end the game. Odds are it's probably not getting done. And at that point, you know, if you were to ask someone, you know, I, I still, if someone's asking, would you rather have Andrew Velasquez or, or, or a Glaber Torres? I mean, it's, that's not even a question. Most people have no idea who Andrew Velasquez is. The, the butterfly effect, effect of baseball shows that defense really does matter. When you look at specific plays like that, and it's like, would that guy have made the play? Would the inning have kept going on? Like, would Luke Voigt have picked that throw out of the ground like the way Anthony Rizzo did? And when you get to the catcher spot, which is the most important position on the diamond other than the pitcher, I would argue, the catcher is the only player who can see the entire field, you have to remember. The only player who can genuinely see all eight other players on the field at the same time. And when you get runners on base and you have to call pitches and you're changing the signs and everyone, wouldn't you rather have Yachty back there than some catcher that you signed off the street? You know, I'd much rather have the guy who I know has gone through these, these motions literally thousands and thousands of times. Then the young catcher who, what if him and the pitcher aren't communicating with the signs well? Uh, You know, what if there's an issue in the clubhouse and instead of Yachty being there to take care of it, it's just this random guy now. I mean, it goes so far beyond the actual stats that these guys put up on the field. I'd like to uh, touch off on your point here about um, some random guy in the clubhouse, because I think also from a leadership perspective, to switch over to that rather than defense, there's a huge difference. Now, Anthony Rizzo is, has proven over the years to be a very good leader. And it's absolutely great to bring leadership into a clubhouse. However, there is a huge difference between Yadier Molina for the Cardinals and Anthony Rizzo for the Yankees. And it's the amount of service and the amount of time on the same team with the same organization that generally runs the same culture most of the time. Yadier Molina at this point in time is very much like David Ortiz and Derek Jeter in the fact that guys like that have usually seen three to four different generations of this team. Like, I mean, granted, teams change every year. Teams change in the middle of the year. But when all is said and done, you can usually pick apart the cores and some of the best leaders, some of these long-term guys that are big clubhouse presence and really are the faces of the franchise, the leaders of the franchise, they're usually around to see multiple different generations of players. They're around to see the 04 team with Schilling and Pedro. They're around to see the rise of Lester in the 7-8 area, that age of guys. They're around for the Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts era, and they're able to go from being a part of them and being a strong leader among among a group of like-minded and like-aged players to eventually rising up to being the guy who truly knows exactly what's up and how to handle things, how to motivate the team, and to be able to pass that, pass not only that down, 
but proper play and proper level heads to a younger generation. I think that is one of the most underrated things. And that's not something you can get from a guy you bring in from free agency. That's something that comes from years and years being in the same spot. Yeah. And I believe they said that 2022 is going to be Yachty's last season. And that would make him the very rare one franchise player, uh, especially for that long of a career. The only other guy that I can think of, at least that's active, has been on one team his entire career. And is that old is Adam Wainwright, his teammate who turns 40 years old uh, in five days. But he has been on the Cardinals his entire career as well. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, not a lot of players can say they played with the same team their entire career. Of course, you have your Derek Jeters, your Cal Ripkins. Uh, I feel like I'm missing someone pretty obvious in there, you know, but, the, you know, not not David Ortiz or anyone. <laughs> but it's just, LJ, you do make a good point. You go through so many different eras of players. Yachty started out that 4 team where you had Pujols and Edgar Renteria and all those guys, and Jim Edmonds. He eventually gets to, like, the mid-2010 Cardinals teams. I mean, like, even in 2009, take a look at that Cardinals team. It was still Pujols. Now they had Chris Carpenter. Uh, they, these are the teams that are starting to turn into what eventually was their championship winner in 2011, where they're led. Uh, they got Lance Berkman, Matt Holliday is in there, John Jay, Alan Craig. So he has seen so many different groups of players, not to mention now think about who he's got. He's got the Jack Flaherty's, the Aaron Nottos, the Paul Goldschmidt's. I mean, he's played with so many great players. The amount of, he's probably forgotten more about baseball than me and you combined know about baseball. And mm. that is probably a fact. I mean, when you played catcher for that many games, you just have such an intuition to the game that not a lot of players have. And I know we didn't plan on spending this long on Yachty, but I mean, this is the Yachty appreciation episode. I mean, I think that's a good title for this one. It's what this man is just, I'm happy that we spent this time talking about him because he's truly one of the best players to, to ever play his impact on the game is genuinely larger, I think, than most players have, have ever had on a single franchise. Absolutely. Uh, what do we, how about we go ahead and move on? What do you say? One, maybe two more topics today before we wrap on? Out? Yeah, we can do the next two topics on our list here, and then we'll... Uh, or whatever push. ones you think are most important. You call the shots here, Brian. I think the next two are, are, are perfect for us. Uh, but we'll start off with a bit of news regarding sticky stuff as Caleb Smith of the Arizona Diamondbacks has been suspended for 10 games and fined an undisclosed amount for possessing a foreign substance on his glove during last Wednesday's game against the Phillies. Smith will be appealing the suspension He was ejected from the game after a foreign substance check at the end of the eighth inning. The 30-year-old had passed a substance inspection earlier in the contest and vehemently. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Denied that he used an illicit substance after the game. Uh, he's only the second player that has been ejected after a substance inspection. Of course, Hector Santiago. Believe it or not, LJ, this is the same umpiring crew that te- that tossed Hector Santiago with the issues with sticky stuff on his glove. So now both players that have been ejected <laughs> have been the same uh, ump- umpiring crew. Smith is appealing the suspension. If it's overturned, uh, then uh, he he'll be able to come back and it'll be whatever, but... If it's not, the Diamondbacks will be a man short for those 10 games. Remember, you're not allowed to replace the player on the roster. So, Does it make that much difference? Well, what I'm wondering is this, this poor guy is probably like, oh, my God, we're on the Diamondbacks. We are just god-awful this year. You know, what? Is, am I really going to get caught if I just use a little something on my glove? Like, what's what's the big deal? Or – this isn't a likely option. He was so sick of being on the Diamondbacks. He was w- literally willing to be suspended just to get away from the team <laughs> for 10 days, 10 days of bliss. Now, um, LJ, I, I question. So if the umps immediately ejected him from the game, right? Cause they saw something on his glove. What exactly does an appeal do other than just make it so he's not suspended at this current moment? Um, well, if I'm it seems correct. like a pretty like black and white, like either you have stuff on your glove or you don't. And if you if and if it's enough to eject them, it's clearly pretty obvious, I would have to say. It's either either it is the strategy of wanting to pitch whatever next matchup it is or it's a matter of he genuinely didn't have anything on his glove and if i'm correct every single time they eject a guy they do take the glove so the glove has been preserved the way it was when it first was taken from the player so by that logic if there is something sticky on it it should still be there and perhaps an appeals process would find under closer expect 
um, inspection and explanation that either there was no tr truly no sticky substance on it or the six sticky substance was not put there intentionally and did not actually cause any any harm to the game because like as much as like sticky stuff does increase the spin rate and it is bad for the game i am 100% certain that there are sticky substances that aren't effective like, uh, we got a bit of a situation going on in the Dodgers Padres game. Manny Machado getting taken out of the game after it appears he injured his arm diving for a ball. Uh, they just took him out. Oh, oh no. no. Uh, LJ, oh. I find it funny. The, you know, MLB makes sticky stuff. Probably the story of the year, honestly, like one of the biggest stories of the season. And the two guys who have gotten caught are just two mediocre left-handed. They're not the only ones who've gotten diseases. caught. What do you mean? They're the only two that have gotten. They're the only two that have gotten suspended. suspended. I think, I think the embarrassment that Garrett Cole received was bad enough. It was worth the embarrassment, huh? The embarrassment of what spider attack. The, the what ex what exact embarrassment was was there other than one bad start in Boston? No, no, the interview. Oh well, just the, just the interview being played over and over again is probably worth worth more as a punishment than any suspension and fine could ever be. You mean you don't like when they asked him, "Do you use spider tech?" Oh, no, no, it was this. It was it was. Uh, I, I, I don't know how to answer that. It's like you can see like his his mind doing like when 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 the YouTube video freezes and you're just seeing the thing spinning, and it's just spinning on the screen. Like that's that's what his his head was doing. He just couldn't start the sentence. Honestly, I think that you know, and it's a sh it maybe it's a shame, maybe it isn't. I don't I don't know where I'm standing on this because I'm just kind of taking bringing this take up uh, as on the fly. But I think despite all of the Tyler Glass now stuff, which is also a big part of the spider tech controversy, I think not about Garrett, I think Garrett Cole and overall New York City is going to be the defining memories of the beginning of the sticky substance check era. Because it's not going to be Josh Josh Donaldson telling everyone he's going to write a book okay. with 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 every single player who's ever cheated. It was no, it's not. It's not attention seeking Josh Donaldson. It is Garrett Cole's interview, which again will be linked to this scandal forever. And then the added fact that I'm not sure if it was for the if it wasn't for the entire month, it was for the first three weeks. Garrett Cole had like a 4-4 something, 4-4-6 ERA in June, which was right up there with his last, right near his last season in Pittsburgh. So like the statistics were also just as damning. And I think, I think that, that will be a big part of it. And then on the flip side, the fact that DeGrom was at his best after the substance ban, just further proving his greatness. I think New York is going to be the stage for the substance story when we look back at it historically. 
You know, that's that's an interesting point. Uh, I'd certainly love to see how they do end up covering this in the future. By the way, uh, Manny Machado back in the game for San Diego. They took him to the bench, but he came like right back out. I don't know how you're allowed to do that, but they didn't play with a third baseman. <laughs> no. Uh, and then they brought in uh, Daniel Hudson to pitch. It's bases loaded. Oh, one okay. Out. So it was a, okay. So so it was a pitching change that they brought him in for. Yeah, and they but they also just happened to take Manny Machado off the field at the exact same time as a pitcher was coming. <laughs> you know what would honestly are this is something I could see Kevin Cash doing. If his third baseman got hurt and he was already in a got with a guy that he was planning to heavily shift, he just brings the right fielder in and has him play the infield <laughs> and just goes with two two outfielders. And I mean, he's he's done that a couple of times. He's certainly used a five-man infield. Uh, yeah, but not used... an eight-man field. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's true. Now, question for you: Let's let's take a guy like Chris Davis, right, on the Orioles. Wait, crush or crush or no, Chris? Bad Chris Davis, the really bad Chris Wait, Davis. You know, so that, that doesn't. Neither of those conversations narrow it down. Orioles, Chris Davis. Orioles Chris Davis. Chris with a C. How many fielders could you realistically take off the field until he hit 300? Like, how many fielders would, would you need to take completely off the diamond for him to have a 300 batting average? Well, probably like Are, six, right? Do you want me to take this answer seriously? <laughs> Don't say not. <laughs> don't say no no no. i'm not gonna say nine i'm looking up his uh spray chart because yeah i know well i picked him because i know he just pulls the ball like like no other um actually he just rolls over it and just pulls it like i'm pretty sure every time no brandon look at his well to be fair there isn't a lot of balls on there because he doesn't make contact enough no, I'm going back. And I mean, 2015, it really starts to get Polish. 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 <laughs> um, I like that. No, I like that. Polish. It starts to get Polish, but go into baseball savant, go into a spray chart. I'm going back to 14. It's pretty well round. Okay, there's some seasons that are. Eh. All right, it's pretty well rounded. All right, go but, ahead, the, no, yeah, but I, that's when he was like full juiced up, Chris no, Davis. No, no, but I'm, lo- I'm looking back. I mean, even 2019. It looks good. Wait, his his hit spray chart in 2020 can't be accurate, right? There's no way he only had six hits. I don't think he played much. No, he did. He, he had, had six hits. hits in 16 games. Oh, Jesus. 55 plate appearances. He, he hit 115 on the year. 164 on base. You don't like the negative seven OPS plus? <laughs> <laughs> no, LJ. Um, No. All right, genuinely, how many fielders do you think you could take off the diamond, though? Um, like, his 2015 spray chart, I think I could take off the third baseman, the shortstop, uh, the left fielder, the center fielder. That's four. And no, I'm all right, that, is, that is wanna, blasphemous. No, he still wouldn't hit over 300. That's a fact. There's no way that you, you could take off the whole left side of the field. In 2015. 
No, just in general. I mean, he, he, he pulls the ball like crazy. You can see the stats here on baseball reference. He pulls the ball 34 or actually 35% of the time for his career in the MLB average is 27. So he, I don't know, man, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable with him. I think you look at the spray chart. It seems way too balanced for me. Again, the other thing is with his overall size build and everything, he's not going to be the type that you're going to worry about anything that's short. So realistically, I think you could probably take one and I'd feel comfortable. And He's not hitting 300. No, uh, yeah, all right. Well, actually, all right. Oh, oh, all right. I think I understand your question now. Like so how saying- many fielders, like, all right. So if there's eight fielders for the whole year, is he hitting 300? Like probably not. If there's seven fielders for the whole year, is he hitting 300? I would say six or seven. Six. I think six is fair. I think you can definitely take out third base and definitely left field. And that leaves you with seven fielders. And then you're cut. And then like, maybe, but you could also maybe get away with taking out like shortstop and just shift think, everyone think, to the right. Yeah. I think shortstop, you can take off. If you're trying to get him to 300. Cause you also have to think about this was by no means a contact hitter in chris davis so it's not not like he's just making a lot of contact and pulling all of it it's he's generally he's generally not that bad in terms of pull he's not i would not call him a dead pull hitter looking at these spray charts but at the same time he strikes out so much that it would make it very hard for him to hit 300 anyways the way i was looking at it is how many guys could you take off the field and feel comfortable about playing against him? Oh, a lot. <laughs> a no, lot. no, no. I mean, comfortable without him, like actually burning, like burning you for decent. Oh, time. yeah, no. Then probably only you a take couple. the third baseman, and that's about it. I, I think he hits too much to left field for me to. Thing is, is is he even going to hit the ball? Like, if you have a good pitcher out there, he's probably just going to strike out or, like... Wait a minute. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point. Who are you putting up there from to hit 300 against? No, we'll just put an average pitcher. We'll put up... I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, a nice... All right, he's facing Jordan Montgomery. Okay. So, it's so so it's left on left. Uh, he, he's struggling. <laughs> this is... Yeah, this is... I am so scattered by this question now it uh, it just popped in my head and i was like you know this just seems like just uh, i would How did just you even get to chris davis well, well where did your brain take me on the take me on the all right so your brain. thinking of a guy who a is not good is not particularly good at baseball okay. i think he fits that or at least good relative to other major league players Certainly fits that. I need a guy who uh, pulls the ball a lot and so that teams play the shift on them because that's the only way that this is going to work. If teams aren't shifting against a guy and you start taking guys out of the field, you're in trouble. So the shift essentially – the shift essentially already takes out – takes guys out of the field. So that's why I was thinking. And I was like, well – like I guess like he would never hit 300 so it's it's possible um here's another one 
Billy Hamilton. Oh, um, you know, I, I really don't think you can take very many fielders out, like probably all three outfielders, actually. Yeah, that's the thing I'm thinking is like, realistically, you can play him to two-week contact enough that he's just going to either strike out or you can, if depending on the defense, like if this is like an all-star defensive team that we're putting out here and taking players away from, and I feel comfortable with every player's arm, I just play them deep. Or well, that's like, or also the thing is, in, and corners in because then if he bunts it, it's like okay. Worst case, he just gets a single every single time. A single every single time, your like your your OPS is still not even that great. Like you'd have a thousand on base percentage, and your slugging percentage would be what one. So no, so you would have a good good stats, but you're just getting a single every time. I mean, that's productive, but yeah, corners in, he can't really bunt then. Yeah, I like that. Okay, well, I think that's about a good spot to write. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Be sure to check us out, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. And uh yeah, play our trivia game on our Twitter. Use code MLB Daily at la-terrain.com. Get yourself a nice watch. All right, thank you all for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.